Today on the show, I'm speaking with Dr. Jenny Ellis. Now, this is part one of a two-part show series where she's, we're talking about the first part of her life, how she went through her parents' divorce, how she broke her, broke her bones, um, and how she got through depression and how she's using it to transform women today. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Natalie Ledwell, and this is The Inspiration Show, and today my special guest is Dr. Jenny Ellis. How are you, Jenny? I'm doing well, thank you. Now, um, I actually had Dr. Jenny here for two, well, we're actually going to be doing two shows because she has had such an incredible life and has such an inspiring story that we can't fit it into one show, so we're going to have to break it up into two. But um, So this first part of this first show is actually going to be talking about your early life. Um, and the journey that you went through, and I'm, and I'm sure that there are a lot of things that you're going to be talking about that people can relate to that maybe they've gone through themselves um, and uh, the tools and things that you'll be able to give them that can help them move through it themselves. So why don't we start with that, with your younger life and the story from, from that part of your life? Okay, um, absolutely. Um, you know, it, it seems like this happened when I was 12, which seems like, you know, you're just a kid. You, you can't appreciate anything. But, um, you know, it was my parents got divorced when I was 12, and I was old enough to understand what was going on, but not really old enough to understand the why. Mm -hmm. So all I knew was that my world was drastically changing overnight, it felt like, and although the walls of my world were just crumbling down, and I went into a very major depression. You know, I was living in darkness, and I just felt like I was in this hole, and I couldn't get out. And it was hard because I, I didn't have anybody to talk to. You know, I try and talk to my parents, and they were going through their own thing at the time. Um, and so they just would say, you know, it, it just didn't work out. But, you know, I just I needed more. You know, I needed an explanation, which they weren't able to give me at the time. And, um, you know, I, I came away from that telling myself that I was never going to get divorced. Um, when I got married, I was going to... It was going to be with that right person, and, you know, that was it, especially if children were involved. Yeah. And, um, you know, thankfully, over time, the depression lessened. You know, I, it, in general, I just think I just needed time to deal with it, to get used to my world changing um, and get into new routines. And then, um, thankfully, that that moved away. But it definitely, my decisions really played, or not my decisions, but my promise to myself that I would never get a divorce really played into how my life went with um, relationships. Yeah, because it's interesting. I mean, a lot of our programming and a lot of our the way that we see ourselves and the way that we see life um, it does, we adopt when we're kids. And uh-huh. so, you know, I can see that as a child looking at your parents' divorce, you have certain um, perceptions of what's going on, and so you take that on as your truth. So, um, so I know that you, you know, you just talk, touched on the fact that you were going through depression. Depression. What did you? What were the kind of things that you did to help you get through that? Um, you know, at the time, I was very uh, religious. I grew up um, in the Catholic religion, and you know, we went to church every Saturday, mm-hmm. and I was in a Catholic school. So I really. Um, you know, did a lot of praying and sort of trusting God um, to kind of get me through it and feeling like, um, you know, if I felt alone, I could kind of envision him being there with me to get me through those days. Um, Because it was, and I did a lot of, you know, journaling also at the time. It was the only way that I could 
get out my feelings and feel like, you know, if nobody was listening, at least it was getting out on paper. Yes. Yeah, and I know that you um, you also were doing a lot of dancing as well. I was, and that actually, I'm glad you brought that up because that actually saved me too. <laughs> um, that was at the, at the time my parents divorced, I realized when I was dancing that that was the one time that I didn't think about it at all. And so I learned to really just throw myself into my dancing and put my whole heart and soul into it because then my problems would just disappear for that time. And I think that was a good um, kind of a coping mechanism, a good way, an outlet to kind of let through everything that I was feeling. Yeah, right. Um, so, you know, so you've had, you actually were getting through that, which is great. Um, and then the next part of your story, I love, well, I don't love, but it's, um, it's interesting because dance was no longer an option for you. Yes. Um, you know, I had gotten so much into dance and we started competing and I learned how to perform and I just loved it so much. And I was planning on going to college to major in dance and probably open my own studio. And, you know, I remember getting into fights with my mom because I was really good at math. And, you know, she didn't want me to do dance. She wanted me to use my math skills and get a good job and have a good income. Um, and so, you know, those were, were tough days when I was fighting for the dance stuff. But, you know, life kind of decided for me. Um, when I was 16, uh, my boyfriend at the time and my brother, we went hiking in these. Um, I lived in El Paso, Texas. And so there were these um, rock formations that they had outside the city. And... Um, you know, we were typical teenagers wandering around and we came to this cliff and we were trying to figure out a way down. Of course, you know, any logical person would say, well, why don't you just turn around and go the way you just came from? But, you know, we had to keep pushing forward. And I was a little competitive at the time. And I, uh, my boyfriend was trying to find a way down and I thought I was going to find a better way. And so I went to a different part that looked like it was easy to come down and I was going fine in the beginning, and then all of a sudden, I felt my I dropped about a foot, and I realized, oh my god, you know, this, I can't get back up. And so I was trying to move myself over because I noticed there was a flat rock on the edge, and that if I landed on that, it would catch me. Well, as I was moving over, I just started falling, and I ended up breaking my ankle. And I didn't realize it at the time because I ended up landing sitting down on a rock, kind of, you know, there was support behind me. My arm was resting on another rock. And I looked over and my foot was separated from my ankle. They weren't in line anymore. Mm. And um, thankfully, there were, we lived near a military base called Fort Bliss. And um, there were some military guys far away that were actually trained in rescue. Um, and so they were able to call them over and they helped me out and I made it to the hospital. But it was such a bad break that it meant that I, I couldn't dance. There was no dancing career for me. And um, that just... I think I was in denial at first because I still kept going to dance class once I, I got better. Um, in college, I started dance team, but my ankle was stuck at a 90-degree angle, so there was really no way for me to do any professional dancing. And I went to um, an orthopedic doctor to see if maybe if I got the screws and the plate out, that maybe that would help my mobility. And in the surgery, he discovered that I had really severe arthritis because of the injury. And he told me that if I kept dancing, it was going to get, the pain was going to get worse and my ankle was going to have to be fused. And, and I think that's when the depression for that really kicked in too, because this, this one thing that was my whole life, my whole way of expressing myself was now gone. Yeah. Right. So, so I, I know that, um, it's such a debilitating situation to be in, um, 
again, you know, what were the type of things that you sort of did or that you leaned on to be able to get you through that? Because, you know, the dancing was everything that you had. It was. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I'm fortunate and I've always had an optimistic attitude and I've always tried to see the, the positive things in life. And so, you know, after being immersed in the sadness of having that taken away, I realized that, you know, that old saying is true, when life hands you lemons, you make lemonade. Um, and I knew that there were other things that I was interested in. You know, I really liked, loved psychology at the time, and that was another path I was starting to take. Um, and I just, I, I really started to realize that even though, you know, you have this one thing that you love, it's not the only thing, you know, so I started really pursuing some of my other interests to try and, and fill that gap. And I, I was still able to do some dancing. I actually ended up um, back in mid-90s, I guess, they came out with the book, The Arthritis Care, mm -hmm. and that started all the glucosamine and the chondroitin supplements. And I started taking that, and it, my ankle started getting a little bit better. And so I did go back to dance for a little bit, and I opened my own dance studio, and I started a nonprofit performing company for girls to help girls with self-esteem um, and confidence using dance. Um, but then I got to the point where I realized that I didn't have the personality to deal with parents. Um, they just, <laughs> it just drove me crazy. I had a small group of just wonderful parents, so, you know, I couldn't have done it without them. But then there was another group that I just, you know, I took everything to heart, mm -hmm. and it just, it, it, I just couldn't do it. And so I think, even though I kept trying to go back to that one thing that I loved, I kind of had to keep learning that, no, that's not the path that I'm supposed to take. You know, it's yeah. try something else. And, you know, I found I love psychology just as much. I know. And it's interesting how how life is this journey. You go through and you're going, right, okay, so now, like all these stepping stones. And I know that you do a lot of transformation work with women now. Um, and, you know, the next show that we're going to record is going to talk about the second part of your life. But tell me how, what you know, some of the transformation work that you do with women now and, and what you, you know, the results that you're getting with that. Right. Um, you know, it's really amazing that, all it takes, and it seems so simple, but it does take time, is really believing in yourself, um, really embracing your strengths and knowing the value that you bring to this world. Once you can get yourself to that point where you fully believe it, I mean, your whole life starts to change. You're, you know what you want, you know what you deserve, and you're willing to be true to yourself. And that's really kind of the focus on what I do, is really getting women to, to kind of see that and embrace it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh, tell me some of the women that you're working with. What, what types of women are you working with and what, you know, what, what are their life, ex, um, life situations? Um, well, actually, I'm just getting started. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> so the project that I'm doing, which is um, Five Women, Five Transformations, mm -hmm. is to help um, five women with free mentoring. So it'll probably be over the course of several months, but it'll really um, walk them through the steps of building their self-worth because online there's a ton of articles about building self-esteem and a lot of them hit on the techniques that I talk about which is stopping your negative talk and you know really valuing your strengths but the one thing it doesn't tell you is that it takes time and it takes dedication and it takes consistency you really have to be in it for a long stretch of time to be able to really embrace it as a part of who you are. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'm, I'm trying to do with this project is to, to show women that 
all it takes is believing in yourself and you can, your life will just transform for you. I experienced it, um, which is what I think we're going to talk on the next one. Yes, right. Yeah. Um, and, and I've heard other people too, um, talk about how once they embrace their value, doors started opening, they were able to pursue their passions. Um, it's just, it's really amazing how that one thing can make such a difference. Yeah. And, and um, you know, and you're the type of uh, the leader that I think that a lot of people, and I know myself, would be looking to follow at the moment because it's not like you, as you know, talking about theory and talking about different things. You actually live your message and you've been through the hard knocks. Like you've been through, you know, life is not like life has been, you know, easy for you. Um, right. And you've been able to apply everything that, that you know. So um, so if people want to find out more about uh, the transformation work you're doing and more about you, uh, Jenny, where can we send them? Um, go to www.5women5transformations.com. Okay. And that's actually, that's just for the, the this particular project. So there women can sign up to uh, try and be one of the five. And I do ask them to list one goal that they think that they could accomplish if they just believe them in themselves. So that's kind of the one thing that I'll work with them through. Um, and that way they have somebody to be accountable for this goal too. I think that's another big piece of of having someone you know is, is wanting to see you progress and helping you progress. Yeah. Um, and then I also have on the registration page of uh, fields where people have to explain why they should be chosen just to kind of help me get an idea of who's really ready for for the next step in their lives. Yeah. And I'm sure there are many of us that are. So, <laughs> um, so guys, look, if you click on the banner to the side, just go straight, go straight through to uh, Jenny's side. So it's five women, five transformations. That's a number five, right? Right. Yeah. Um, perfect. Um, so thanks, Jenny. And um, we, yeah. we record another one straight away. So um, guys, you know, this, wait for this next show because it's also fantastic as well. Now, I encourage you to share this video. You can do that by clicking the Facebook and the Twitter share buttons above. Make sure you download the app so you can watch the shows on the go. And put your email in the box there so I can send you the Manifesting with the Masters video e-course. It's valued at $87 and I would love to send it to you for free. So until next time, remember to live large. Choose courageously and love without limits. We'll see you soon.